overseas and non-resident citizens. U.S. citizens residing overseas who would otherwise have the right to vote are guaranteed the right to vote in federal elections by the Uniformed and Overseas Citizens Absentee Voting Act, UACAVA, of 1986. As a practical matter, individual states implement UACAVA. A citizen who has never resided in the United States can vote if a parent is eligible to vote in certain states. In some of these states the citizen can vote in local, state, and federal elections, in others in federal elections only. Voting rights of U.S. citizens who have never established residence in the U.S. vary by state and may be impacted by the residence history of their parents. U.S. Territories U.S. citizens and non-citizen nationals who reside in American Samoa, Guam, Northern Mariana Islands, Puerto Rico, or the United States Virgin Islands are not allowed to vote in U.S. national and presidential elections, as these U.S. territories belong to the United States but do not have presidential electors. The U.S. Constitution requires a voter to be resident in one of the 50 states or in the District of Columbia to vote in federal elections. To say that the Constitution does not require extension of federal voting rights to U.S. territories residents does not, however, exclude the possibility that the Constitution may permit their enfranchisement under another source of law. Statehood or a constitutional amendment would allow people in the U.S. territories to vote in federal elections. Like the District of Columbia, territories of the United States do not have U.S. Senators representing them in the Senate, and they each have one member of the House of Representatives who is not allowed to vote. These voting restrictions have been challenged in a series of lawsuits in the 21st century. In 2015, residents of Guam, Puerto Rico, and the Virgin Islands joined as plaintiffs in Segovia v. Board of Election Commissioners, 2016. The participants had all formerly lived in Illinois, but because of a change of residency to an unincorporated territory were no longer able to vote. Their claim was that the Uniformed and Overseas Citizens Absentee Voting Act, as it is implemented, violates the Equal Protection Clause. At issue was that Illinois, the former residence of all of the plaintiffs, allowed residents of the Northern Mariana Islands who had formerly lived in Illinois to vote as absentee voters, but denied former residents living in other unincorporated territories the same right. The U.S. District Court for the Northern District of Illinois ruled in 2016 that under the Absentee Voting Act, former residents of U.S. states are entitled to vote in elections of the last jurisdiction in which they qualified to vote, as long as they reside in a foreign location. Using rational basis review, the court stated that the Northern Mariana Islands had a unique relationship with the United States and could be treated differently. It further pointed out that as the law does not differentiate between residents within a territory, as to who formerly resided in a state, but all are treated equally, no violation occurred. The United States Court of Appeals for the Seventh Circuit concurred with the decision, but dismissed the case for lack of standing because the application of the Absentee Voting Act in Illinois is a state issue. In 2019, John Fittis Emanuel of American Samoa challenged his inability to vote because of his status as a non-citizen national of the United States. Though Fittis Emanuel had lived and paid taxes in Utah for 20 years, and had a U.S. passport, he was unable to vote. The United States District Court for the District of Utah, ruled in Fittis Emanuel v. United States, 2019, that individuals born in American Samoa are birthright citizens under Section 1 of the 14th Amendment to the United States Constitution. The day following the ruling, Fittis Emanuel registered to vote, but as the ruling was stayed pending an appeal filed in the United States Court of Appeals for the Tenth Circuit, he was still unable to participate in casting a ballot. In 2021, a divided panel of the United States Court of Appeals for the Tenth Circuit ruled in Fittis Emanuel v. United States, 2021, that neither the Constitution nor Supreme Court precedent demands the district court's decision, and reversed it. Ahead of the 2020 elections, citizens from the Virgin Islands and Guam, who had formerly lived in Hawaii, instituted an action, Reeves v. United States, challenging their lack of voting rights. 
Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico is an insular area, a United States territory that is neither a part of one of the 50 states nor a part of the District of Columbia, the nation's federal district. Insular areas, such as Puerto Rico, the U.S. Virgin Islands and Guam, are not allowed to choose electors in U.S. presidential elections or elect voting members to the U.S. Congress. This grows out of Article I and Article II of the United States Constitution, which specifically mandate that electors are to be chosen by the people of the several states. In 1961, the 23rd Amendment extended the right to choose electors to the District of Columbia. Any U.S. citizen who resides in Puerto Rico, whether a Puerto Rican or not, is effectively disenfranchised at the national level. Although the Republican Party and Democratic Party chapters in Puerto Rico have selected voting delegates to the national nominating conventions participating in U.S. presidential primaries or caucuses, U.S. citizens not residing in one of the 50 states or in the District of Columbia may not vote in federal elections. Various scholars, including a prominent U.S. judge in the United States Court of Appeals for the First Circuit, conclude that the U.S. national electoral process is not fully democratic due to U.S. government disenfranchisement of U.S. citizens residing in Puerto Rico. As of 2010, under Agarchua v. United States, the International Covenant on Civil and Political Rights, ICPR, is judicially considered not to be self-executing, and therefore requires further legislative action to put it into effect domestically. Judge Kermit Lippas wrote in a concurring opinion, however, that the on-bank majority's conclusion that the ICPR is non-self-executing is ripe for reconsideration in a new on-bank proceeding, and that if issues highlighted in a partial dissent by Judge Juan Arturula were to be decided in favor of the plaintiffs, United States citizens residing in Puerto Rico would have a viable claim to equal voting rights. Congress has in fact acted in partial compliance with its obligations under the ICPR when, in 1961, just a few years after the United Nations first ratified the ICPR, it amended our fundamental charter to allow the United States citizens who reside in the District of Columbia to vote for the executive offices. See U.S. Constitutional Amendment 23.51. Indeed, a bill is now pending in Congress that would treat the District of Columbia as a congressional district for purposes of representation in the House of Representatives, and permit United States citizens residing in the capital to vote for members of the House of Representatives. See District of Columbia House Voting Rights Act, Section 160, 111th Congress, passed by the Senate, February 26, 2009. However, the United States has not taken similar steps with regard to the 5 million United States citizens who reside in the other U.S. territories, of which close to 4 million are residents of Puerto Rico. This inaction is in clear violation of the United States' obligations under the ICPR. Accessibility. Federal legislation such as the Americans with Disabilities Act of 1990, ADA, the National Voter Registration Act of 1993, NVRA, or Motor Voter Act, and the Help America Vote Act of 2002, HAVA, help to address some of the concerns of disabled and non-English-speaking voters in the United States. Some studies have shown that polling places are inaccessible to disabled voters. The Federal Election Commission reported that, in violation of state and federal laws, more than 20,000 polling places across the nation are inaccessible, depriving people with disabilities of their fundamental right to vote. In 1999, the Attorney General of the State of New York ran a check of polling places around the state to see if they were accessible to voters with disabilities and found many problems. A study of three upstate counties of New York found fewer than 10% of polling places fully compliant with state and federal laws. Many polling booths are set in church basements or in upstairs meeting halls where there are no ramps or elevators. This means problems not just for people who use wheelchairs, but for people using canes or walkers too. And in most states people who are blind do not have access to a braille ballot to vote, they have to bring someone along to vote for them. 
Studies have shown that people with disabilities are more interested in government and public affairs than most and are more eager to participate in the democratic process. Many election officials urge people with disabilities to vote absentee, however some disabled individuals see this as an inferior form of participation. Voter turnout is lower among the disabled. In the 2012 United States presidential election 56.8% of people with disabilities reported voting, compared to the 62.5% of eligible citizens without disabilities. Candidacy Requirements Jurisprudence concerning candidacy rights and the rights of citizens to create a political party are less clear than voting rights. Different courts have reached different conclusions regarding what sort of restrictions, often in terms of ballot access, public debate inclusion, filing fees, and residency requirements, may be imposed. In Williams v. Rhodes, 1968, the United States Supreme Court struck down Ohio ballot access laws on First and Fourteenth Amendment grounds. However, it subsequently upheld such laws in several other cases. States can require an independent or minor party candidate to collect signatures as high as 5% of the total votes cast in a particular preceding election before the court will intervene. The Supreme Court has also upheld a state ban on cross-party endorsements, also known as electoral fusion, and primary write-in votes. Non-citizen voting. More than 40 states or territories, including colonies before the Declaration of Independence, have at some time allowed non-citizens who satisfied residential requirements to vote in some or all elections. This in part reflected the strong continuing immigration to the United States. Some cities like Chicago, towns or villages, in Maryland, today allow non-citizen residents to vote in school or local elections. In 1875, the Supreme Court in Minor v. Happersett noted that citizenship has not in all cases been made a condition precedent to the enjoyment of the right of suffrage. Thus, in Missouri, persons of foreign birth, who have declared their intention to become citizens of the United States, may under certain circumstances vote. Federal law prohibits non-citizens from voting in federal elections. The text of this podcast is sourced from the Wikipedia Foundation under a Creative Commons attribution, share alike license. The written text has been altered for voice presentation. To view the modified and original text versions visit thelegalpages.com. The content of this podcast is presented for informational purposes only, and is not intended to be legal or professional advice. The Wikipedia Foundation is not affiliated with this podcast.